0: Go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. Amen. That's from scripture Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5 and I would like to say that before God as we go into the word. Uh, I want to so Today, I want to speak about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I, th- I thought the revelation God was giving me was over, so I put the revelation I had in a book. Okay? So that's my book. It's called Language from Heaven. And um, uh, you can get it on Amazon and uh, order for it. I think, read it, many of you know of the book, you have read, please read, I think you'll really, the book will help you. But today, I want to speak uh, on honor for the Holy Spirit, honor for the Holy Spirit. I uh, watched the way we talk, and I, I looked at the way the... New Testament uh, saints, Bible days. And the way they talk. And I see a difference. I see a difference. And I start wondering, maybe we don't fully get it yet. The way they got it. Maybe we should look into what they got. Because their language was different, you see. You, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you have in your heart is what comes out of your mouth. What you know, according to the scriptures, and that's what you express. What you are living, that's what comes out of your mouth. The way you feel, that's what you speak. These guys spoke so I could tell, based on their language, what they were thinking. And what, how they were relating to God. And if they are relating to God different from the way I'm relating to God, I may be missing something. If you are relating to God different from the way they related to God, maybe you're missing something. Maybe when your eyes are opened by revelation, something new will break in your life. Because the Bible says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So you can sit there all day listening and even read through the scriptures and never get a word of truth. And still remain bound. But one scripture with revelation from God and your life is different spiritually. First. But then it affects every other thing in your life. Even people around you are affected by what God has shown to you. That's the way it works. You become somebody of influence. Reaching out and changing lives and making their lives better. All because of revelation. I found in scriptures. We find this in scriptures. That Jesus demanded honor. He demanded honor from us while he was here on the earth. He talked about it. And if you're not careful, we'll we'll read and you just go past it. But it was important to him. I found that he cried out for it. He wanted it, but they were not giving it to him. A few gave to him and they were blessed. But many didn't. In John chapter 5, Jesus was saying to them, He said very clearly that you do not hear the words of God because you don't belong to him. He says first, first, he says, God judges no one. God judges nobody. God the Father doesn't judge. He's not going to be involved in judgment. He says because God has committed judgments to the Son. And in another scripture, he says, because the son is the son of man. He is a man. So you are going to be judged by a man. You have no excuse. But then he says, according to this scripture in verse 23, that all, how many? All should honor the son. They were not honoring him because they were not receiving him. They were not listening to his words. They were not paying attention to him. And so they dishonored him. Because their eyes were not opened. They didn't know who they were dealing with. They didn't realize that the God that they were talking about was standing right there in front of them. That was God in the flesh. They had no idea. They had no idea. And so, I know if I can see God, the first thing is on my face, right? But he was standing right there before them. And they didn't ask serious questions. That's what I'll do. Ask a lot of questions. And and, and you can't get my attention away from this. I got to get everything. But he said... God has committed judgment to him that all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent me. So his son was sent and God says, in God's mind, you should honor my son. That's where judgment is going to be so critical because God gave his best. And you treated it as if it was nothing. You can't stand in His face. So, if you're here this morning and you have not truly committed your life totally to Christ, I told you, you have no excuse. He's the Son of God. And He wants you to make a commitment to Him. You can do it right now while you're sitting. And say, I commit my life to the Lord Jesus. It's very important that you do that. He will transform your life. He transformed transform my life. And I don't want to live any other kind of life. This is the life. For every one of us, you don't want to live any life apart from God. Because He gave the best to us. Now Jesus was telling the uh, the, the people listening to Him in John chapter 8, He was telling them very clearly, He said, therefore you are not of God. He who is of God, hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear God's word because you are not of God. And the Jews, I mean, we are God's children. What are you talking about? They didn't like it. They said, are we not speaking truly, uh, rightly, when we say you are a Samaritan, which was a bad word. <laughs> you are a Samaritan and have a demon. That's a lot of dishonor to say to God, Right? But that's the reason why they responded that way. And Jesus' response, he forgot about the issue about Samaritan. He went in verse 49, John chapter 8. He says, I do not have a demon. Simple, no fighting with them. I do not have a demon. The problem is, but I honor my father. And guess what you do? You dishonor me. So he wants to be honored. Because God has sent him, God's also sent the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about today. I hear Christians use term, terminologies like "it," huh? "It." The Holy Spirit is not a "it." That's because you don't have understanding. He's so important. Look, in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, he says, And I, Jesus speaking, before he left, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another helper means, at that time, while he was speaking, he was the helper. But he's going away, and he's going to replace himself with another helper just like him so he's not going to be a it he's a person and he says I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever I need this helper that's what Jesus desired that means I need this person This helper to be with me forever. And this coming from the lips of Jesus. Forever. And then he called him the spirit of truth. So if you are going to obtain truth, you can't obtain it from any other way, any other means, but by the helper. I need the helper. They needed Jesus, everything they did spiritually. They asked questions of Jesus. When they had misunderstanding, they talked to Jesus. He prayed for them. They depended on Him for those three years, for everything that they needed, including food and everything, where to go and where to sleep. They went, they were with Him. And Jesus, they understood, He was their helper. Not just with God, but with life as well. He was their helper. They experienced him for three years. And Jesus knew it was time for him to leave. And he says, I'm I'm going away, but I'm going to give you one who is just like me. That's what he said. The spirit of truth. That's what's missing in the world today. I hear things that I can't believe they're saying that. It doesn't make sense. But in their mind, they're so smart and so wise and the rest of us are foolish. The, the problem is you're deceived. So deceived, you blind. Crazy stuff I've never heard before. How can the governor... Excuse me. Don't, I'm not... This is not politics. Okay, yes, 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 yes. It's not politics. How can somebody say you put a baby on the table... And then we have to decide between the parents and the doctor whether the baby should live. Is that America or Ouagadougou? It, it, what are you talking about? And people will sit down and listen to that. We're all deceived. Something is wrong. We need the spirit of truth. We need that spirit of truth. To open our eyes. So we know what's right. And what's wrong? Because the time is coming when people will call good evil and evil good. We need the Spirit of Truth. And thank God that this Spirit of Truth is called the Helper. He'll help me to be bold. Amen. So I can speak the truth even in the face of danger. The Spirit of Truth whom the world cannot again Cannot receive. So what does that say? You have to receive the Spirit. Hello. He's given the Spirit. But you need to receive Him. He won't come to you. Spirit of truth. The helper won't come to you. Until you honor Him enough to receive Him. John chapter 1 verse 12. He says he was in the world. The world was made by him. But the world did not recognize him when he came. So they did not receive him. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him. He gave the authority. To become sons of God. Children of God. Born not of man. Not of the flesh. Not of blood. But from heaven. Amen. So he tells us. We must receive him. The world cannot receive him. Until you are a Christian, you cannot receive him. It's impossible for somebody who has not taken Christ into their life to receive the spirit. He is the spirit of life. What that means, you are already dead while you are walking. There is only one life. He came from God. The more of him you have, the more life you got. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. How? When the spirit of life comes into you. That's the truth of the word of God. He says, because it neither sees him nor knows him. That's just thinking. You mean the disciples, they knew the Holy Spirit? Think about it. They saw the Holy Spirit? This is Jesus speaking, okay? This is Jesus speaking. It says, but you know him. And that's not a lie. The disciples actually knew the Holy Spirit. He says he dwells with you. And he is going to be in you. I think at that point, the disciples, he was not already in him. They're saying, Huh? <laughs> what did you say? You mean we know him? Where is he? And Jesus said, Now you have seen the Father and you know him. And they said, Well, can you please show us the Father? He just told them, Jesus said, Don't you recognize? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What that Father are you asking about? There is only one God. Only one God. He says, the world cannot receive. For it dwells with you, and will be in you. But the helper, verse 26. Jesus said a lot of things to them in verse 26. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name. Notice the Father who sends Jesus. Now sends the Holy Spirit. After Jesus came back in his name. Should we honor this new person? Just as we honor Jesus. Both of them were sent. Both of them were sent. we should honor him and so Jesus said to them you must honor me as you honor the father who sent me so we honor the Holy Spirit as we honor Jesus and the father who sent him I'm coming there's other scriptures I want to share with you amen I know it's very important you know Jesus said it's better he said that to Peter He said, and to the the rest of the disciples. He said, I'm going to my Father. And you will not see me anymore. And where I'm going, you can't come there now. You can't follow me now. I'm sure they are thinking, we've had fun with you. You, We don't want you to go. You met all our needs. Who is going to help us when you go? We love, you know, they saw miracles, a lot of miracles. But then Jesus still told them, Nevertheless, John 16 verse 7, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, it is to your advantage that I go away. It is to your advantage, in other words, it's better for you if I go away. And you know he cannot lie. So if he stayed with them, they remained the same. But if he leaves, the, it's better for them. They are made better. And Jesus, a man, he understood their feelings. But he is saying, look, possibly I would really like to stay with you. I would like to be with you. For, but look, that's not what you really need. It's better for you that I go. I depart and go away. And he says, if I do not go away, the helper will not come. You need the helper more than you need me. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. How many Christians realize they really need the Holy Spirit in their lives? How many? How many Christians think Jesus was right? When he said that, how many Christians can testify that he's been better since I've gotten acquainted more with the Holy Spirit? We don't know about that. We're missing something. Jesus says it's better for you. Your need is to your advantage for your life, for the kingdom of God, for everything. If I go away, And be absent from you. Because if I stay around, the Holy Spirit will not come. And then he said, you know, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I'm not going there. And in verse verse 11, the same chapter. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you. I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them. Now, why? Because you don't have the helper. So you go to church and you hear the message, you don't understand anything. The preacher, from your vantage point, he's silly, he doesn't know what he's talking about. The rest of them listening to him, they're nuts. That's because you don't get it. You don't have the helper. You need the helper. Until you are helped, you are helpless. He says, "I, I have many things, many things. And for every individual life as I'm looking at you, There are many things Jesus wants you to know. And the only way you can bear them is when you allow the Holy Spirit get that relationship settled. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you because He is taking the place of Jesus. Jesus is up there. He is the one in charge of the church today. Everything that happens in the church, He is the one in charge. You better get to know him. Just like the disciples got to know Jesus. And and my point is, if you read in Acts of the Apostle, after Jesus left, they didn't refer much to Jesus. I'm going to come to that. Everything that they were doing is the Spirit said. The Spirit said. The Spirit spoke to me. That's what they were doing. We don't talk like that. We like to get spiritual. The Lord said. That's what we like to do. The Lord has spoken. Did he speak that way? And I'll show you from scripture. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something. For three years, Peter and the other disciples, they were with Jesus physically. They could touch him. They could ask questions. But if you read in the scriptures, at the very end, You can still tell. They still haven't gotten it. Right? They seem a little bit confused. What the presence of Jesus physically could not do for Peter in three years. The Holy Spirit accomplished in one day. One day. Read Acts chapter 2. In one day the man was transformed. If you read this message, you'll be thinking, is it the same Peter? Is it the same guy? What happened to him? And not just him, the rest of them. All of them fell into place. No argument, no who is going to be greater. None of that silliness. In one day, with the helper. How can you make it as a Christian without the helper? How? How? And the churches, churches today, maybe around the world, they are disallowing the Holy Spirit. They want to have a club where they can have fun. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit. In one day, he changed all of their lives. And you can think about Paul, who never walked with Jesus. But had this experience with the Holy Spirit. He was directing things. And speaking the words of Jesus. And he says nobody taught me the gospel. He knew the words of Jesus. He wasn't there. And we have the same Holy Spirit today. He is still here with us today. It's just that we are not honoring him enough. To give him his place. Because he is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. Amen. You know, first Corinthians chapter 2, beginning from verse 9, he says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. So there are things God has prepared for you. How many love God this morning? Can I see you wave your hand? Yes, you love God. God has certain things prepared for you. But you won't enjoy them until you know of them. Amen. You got to know of Him. That these things are good. They are prepared for us. He says, But God has revealed them to us through His Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Notice, He's not Jesus speaking to you. He's not Jesus talking to you and giving you truth. Now, the Holy Spirit is the one that's showing you. You can cry to Jesus all you want. He is in heaven. But according to the scripture, these things that God the Father has prepared for us, the one who reveals them to us, is the Holy Spirit. It says, the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, Can you say the word now? Are we in now? It's not yesterday. We're talking about now, right? Now. Now we have received. Okay? Guess what? You have to honor Him and receive Him. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, sent by God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us. Only by the Spirit. You have the Spirit. You know, I used to, after I read this scripture in those days, I used to tell myself, how can I catch the Spirit and make Him sit down and make Him tell me these things? I will not know them. I know I'm not the only one that's been thinking that way. You'll be thinking that way too. But that's God. He said it. So I'm going to go back to God. This is what you said. Spirit of God, would you speak to me? Amen. Would you speak to us? Give us your voice. Because Jesus says when he comes, he will teach you all things. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. You know, I want to share some scriptures here. Because it says, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, he says, Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So we should pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers do we have any evidence of that in the scriptures? If you read the story of Peter. and I'm trying to tell you how the disciples dealt with God after Jesus left. Peter was hungry and he went somewhere up to pray. And you remember, and there was a sheep that was brought down, right? And, and there were all kinds of animals there. And the, uh, a voice said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, no, I'm a Jew. We don't eat pigs and stuff like that. <laughs> That's just me, okay? <laughs> and we don't eat things that are, fil- uh, that are filthy. And the voice said, what God cleansed you can not call filthy. And after that, Peter was wondering... What's going on? Why am I having this type of vision? And as he was wondering about that, some people came from Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. God had told him, send for a man called Peter. And they were at the door knocking. And guess what happened? In verse 10, uh, 10 verse 19, it says, While Peter thought about the vision... Guess who spoke to him? He didn't said, The Lord said to me. The spirit said to him, Behold, he told him exactly what was going on. Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing. For I have sent them. Who sent the men? Was it God? He says, Spirit. The Spirit was the one that sent them. He didn't say the Lord sent them. It was the Lord because it's the Lord's Spirit. The Lord, the Holy Spirit that sent him. And told Peter, don't you say a word about this. And after Peter went and you know what happened in the house of Cornelius? Peter got back to the other disciples and they said, you went to be with the Gentiles. Why did you do that? And Peter started defending himself. He told them in, in chapter 11, I saw the vision. I saw what happened. I, God said, rise and kill. And he told them everything. And then he told them that as he was in doubt, I need to read that. As he was in doubt, verse 12, Acts chapter 11, verse 12, then the Spirit told me to go with them. Notice they are saying you did something wrong, but then he put it on the Spirit. And guess what? Everyone understood what he was talking about. No argument. He said, the Spirit was the one that told me to go. And these men also went with me. And they saw what the Spirit did when we got to Cornelius' home. Notice, they always refer to the Spirit. Another scripture. In the matter of two or three, uh, uh, in the matter of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established, the Bible says. When Ananias and Sapphira, they, 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 they hid some money. And they went to Peter, first Ananias. And told him, Peter said, is that all that you got? He said, yeah. And you know what he told him? Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to this spirit? Why didn't he say to God? You see, they knew who they were dealing with. They knew who was in charge of the church. He didn't say who you like to. Oh, and it happened again. When the wife came, Sapphira, he said exactly the same thing. Why has Satan filled both of your heart to conspire? To lie to the spirit. You know what I know? They knew who was in charge of the church. And they honored him and gave him his place. So we saw great signs and a lot of people coming in to know Christ. That's why we're here today. We need to follow the same way. We need to start thinking depending more on the Holy Spirit and not on our own wisdom. Recognize what they knew and walk that way. Amen. He is the Lord of the harvest. He sent Peter. He orchestrated everything. He said, go call Peter and then he told Peter, you go. And then he was there with him. He was the Lord of the harvest. He is the one in charge. I should talk to him. You know, Peter, uh, Paul was trying to go into Asia. Guess who stopped him? The Holy Spirit. He tells you that. The Spirit of God told me no. And then he turned around. He wanted to go to Britannia. And again, the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, not there. But he doesn't say, the Lord said. He says, the Spirit. They got their language together. Because they knew who who was in charge of the church. And they were dealing with him. They were doing business with the Holy Spirit. Just like they did with Jesus. They knew Jesus was up there. The Holy Spirit exalted Jesus. But he was the one in charge of the church. And he's still the one in charge of the church today. When you start uh, acknowledging his presence in your life. And making conversation with him. I guarantee things will change in your life. The bitterness will go. The fear will evaporate from your life. The lack of understanding and confusion, He'll give you. He'll guide you into truth. I should let Him take that part in your life. Amen. Amen. Now, the Lord of the Harvest, Philip was preaching in in uh, Samaria, and he was having a good revival. And all of a sudden, an angel came and said, "Uh, you need to go to the wilderness. And when he got to the wilderness, he saw the Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot. Guess who spoke to Philip? It says in Acts, chapter 8, verse 29, look at what it says. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him Reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? Guess what? Again, the Holy Spirit was the one sending the laborer into the harvest field. And he wasn't confused. He didn't say, The Lord Jesus said. It was the Holy Spirit. We don't talk that way. Because we don't understand that way. This morning the message is for you to change The way you think so you can get more benefit from the Lord and can do things because He will begin to show you things. It's not about preaching this morning. I want God to use you greatly. Maybe this is one thing that's been missing in your relationship with God, He loves you, but you have not really paid attention to this. And you maybe you do, and all of a sudden, a new world opens up to you. It's the Spirit. Every time something is going to manifest in the natural, the Holy Spirit has to be there. Every time. We need Him. In the beginning, in Genesis, the Holy Spirit was there. If it has to come from this, the world was created. And then the Holy Spirit makes it come into the natural world. And when Jesus was conceived, Mary said to the angel, How can this be? He says, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Amen. Amen. And the power of the Almighty will overshadow you. When the Holy Spirit comes into your house, into your life, the power of the Almighty will overshadow you and new things, the impossible things, will become possible. Things will change for the better. The Holy Spirit... He didn't say, God will come upon you, Mary. The Holy Spirit. We're not honoring him enough as a church. We talk about Jesus and he's good. But notice the way the disciples talk. You th- you, do you think they forgot Jesus? The, the Holy Spirit says he was honoring Jesus by manifesting through the disciples. In the name of Jesus, honoring him. Amen. The Spirit was the one that directed the affairs. If you read in in Acts 13, can you give me some time to conclude this, please? Listen. He says, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted, as us, sorry, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, guess who spoke? The Holy Spirit spoke. Now the Holy Spirit says, Now separate me to who? To the Holy Spirit, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So who calls you into ministry? The Holy Spirit. He is the one in charge. He is the one that calls you into ministry. They understood. Notice they didn't say, The Lord called me. That's what I tell people. The Lord called me into the ministry. This is how I'm spiritual. The Lord called me. Yeah. But the real language is the Holy Spirit called them. And after they prayed for them, listen. After they prayed for them, they laid hands on them. Verse four, it says, "So being sent out by who? By the Holy Spirit." You see how we've missed it. Sometimes it's just these little things that we miss that destroys everything. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Just the little foxes. No revelation. You know, I'm preaching it this morning, but I've been experimenting. Okay? It's good experiment. Holy Spirit. I talked to him. Many of us remember Benny Hinn talking about that. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I heard it still didn't get it. Laughing at me. I'm laughing at you too because all of us heard it until your eyes are opened. Benny and talked about it, but I don't know if he explained it that well for me to get it. But he knew to deal with the Holy Spirit. Every time people get very intimate with the Holy Spirit, things change. Remember Azusa Street? Things change. When they focus on the Holy Spirit and let Him be and honor Him, He's changing your family too, believe me. As you honor him. The Holy Spirit sent them out. The Holy Spirit was the one directing the affairs of the church. After Jesus left. They depended on him. Just as they depended on Jesus when he was here. And they talked to him. I'm going to show you these two last scriptures and we close. Acts 20 verse 28. This is what Paul was saying. Therefore take heed to yourselves... And to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you what? So, the pastors think Jesus called them. Uh-uh. Not according to that scripture. Right? Paul was writing to all of the churches. All of them. Not just one. All of them. Guess who made them overseers of over the church? Not God Almighty. I mean, that's the same. God. God is one. But he was the Holy Spirit. My point is, they gave him his place in the church. And they honored him and depended on him for God's work on earth. And we need to do that. As a church, we need to do that. Amen? Amen? In your own personal life, you need to do that. You need to acknowledge him. You need to ask him questions. When the disciples had questions, they went to Jesus and they asked their questions. Sometimes, he will know their their questions before they even ask. And he will speak to them. But they knew who to go to. They never went to Jesus for any kind of question after the Holy Spirit came. They went to the Spirit. He was the one telling them. He made them overseers. If you're going to be anything in the ministry, it's got to be through the Holy Spirit. If you acknowledge him, when Jesus was here, he said, Look, I leave and I replace myself and you got to depend on him. Going back there, that's illegal. That's scary. <laughs> not quite, okay? No fast doctrine, okay? We're not talking Moses here. You do it that way, you finish. No, that's not what we're talking about. Because God slowly, from glory to glory, he reveals truth to us. But this is the way they understood it. And I figure the disciples, they knew something that I don't know. The way they related to him. They had an argument. They needed to settle it. Paul felt like the, 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 the Gentiles shouldn't be circumcised. We don't need that. Circumcision is not of the flesh, but of the heart. Paul knew that. But there was serious argument about this. And I believe Paul got that revelation from the Holy Spirit. But the other disciples didn't get it at this point. You see, it's very difficult when you have been used to drinking old wine. Uh, uh, For you to receive the the new, right? Because what do you say? The old is better. (laughs) The disciples, they saw him. They walked with him. But he had many things to say to them right and they couldn't bear it he's gone but paul didn't was not with him paul had to depend on just the holy spirit he got to it so he had revelation he got it but they didn't but when they got through their argument they finally came to a conclusion from the spirit let me share this with you acts 15 verse 25 He seemed good to us. They were writing to the Gentiles, not to Paul. He seemed good to us by uh, being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas... And Silas, who will also report the same things, that's what we're about to tell you, in writing, by word of mouth. And guess what? For, or because, he seemed good to what? To the Holy Spirit and to us. First, the Holy Spirit, and to us. They gave him his place. They gave him his place. And you know the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. I've shown you several places in scriptures. And you can, we can find more. How they related with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus left and he replaced himself with the Holy Spirit. Basically, you won't be able to deal with me anymore much. But he is capable. And he is going to take care of everything. You deal with him. Amen? Amen. In my name, you deal with him. Amen? Amen. Everybody got it this morning? I know you did. I know you did. So now, all eyes (coughs) closed. No one looking around because I want those who are here among us. First, I want to let you know. God, even if somebody brought you here this morning, I want you to know God wanted you to be here today. He planned it before the world was. He brought you here today. You may think, I feel like going to church or somebody invited me to church. No. God, the Holy Spirit, just like he sent those people to Peter, he planned it all. He wanted you here today. And so the main thing He wants is for you to open up for Him to come into your life, to be a part of your life. And He wants to do that today. I know many of us have already received Him, but the way we receive God is to receive Jesus into our life as Christ, as Lord and Savior. And so God's giving you opportunity this morning. Without doubt, would you please I plead with you because it's good for your life present and for your life after this life. Make that decision for God today by inviting Jesus into your life. And all you need to do this morning to show heaven because God's in this place and he's looking down on us. All you need to do is to put your hand up at the count of three To say, yes, I want this Jesus in my life so that the Holy Spirit can be a part of my life. That's all you need to do. When you put your hand up, God will see it. It will be recorded in heaven that, yes, that person now is a child of God because they made that decision. It's your decision today. And God's looking down. So at the count of three, would you just look, put your hand up, and God will see it. All eyes closed. It's between you. It's personal. Between you and God. It's only before God. At the count of three, would you put your hand up? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Yeah, see that. See that. See that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Would everyone stand up? Before I pray, because we just don't come here just to preach a sermon. My goal, by the grace of God, is for you to have a deeper relationship with God. It's satisfying. I don't have to be there. It's between you and your Heavenly Father. And that's very crucial. So, what I want you to do today is commit to God that... I will do everything, everything it takes to know the Holy Spirit better. Amen. I will do whatever it takes to know the Holy Spirit better. But you know what? Knowing the Spirit better is knowing Jesus better. Because He is the Spirit of Christ. He is the Spirit of Jesus. And so He comes into your spirit and works. For those of us that made a commitment to God, would you pray with me? Lord God, say with me. Lord God, thank you for your Son, Jesus, my Savior and my Lord. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life today to be the Lord and Savior of my soul. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.